Philippians, in chapter 1, reading from verse 3 to verse 11. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray for a moment. Thank you for this um, wonderful letter. Father, we thank you for Paul in prison writing this joyous letter in the midst of huge suffering, so conscious of your grace and love the power of your Spirit in his life. So help us to be encouraged this evening as we receive this word afresh to us this evening. Amen. Most of us are involved in uh, working with other people in partnerships of one sort or another. Uh, Some here obviously involved in in the partnership of marriage. But we also, if we're children, we partner with our parents. Quite likely that we partner with brothers and sisters, siblings, colleagues at work, teammates, members of a leadership team at church perhaps or in other places, music group of course who are here in force this evening and with friends and so on. Relationship is central to all that we do and these relationships as we all know can be great and of course they can also be traumatic In my experience, relationships bring both the most joy to human existence and also the most stress, and nothing in the last 12 years of being vicar of St. Andrews has happened to make me change my mind on that. (laughs) Last week, as as Pete launched us on this short series of sermons, what it means to be in community as Christians, to be a Christian community, Uh, he very helpfully pointed out how the Godhead, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is to be the the model of how we relate uh, to those with whom we partner, to those who are friends and colleagues and brothers and sisters. And he told us, you will recall if you were here last week, that we are ruled by love, we are created to be in relationship united as brothers and sisters, but diverse in gifting and personality, etc., equal in status before the King of Kings, but distinct in the roles that we fulfill in the body of Christ. And this was really helpful, and I want to build on what he said uh, this week. 
And also, I just want, halfway through the sermon, to draw in two people who are here this evening with whom we are partnering here at St. Andrews as an example of how we can partner together in the gospel. I just have a, a quick look at the, the passage, first of all, before we come to that. Verse, verse 3, Philippians chapter 1, page uh, 1178. Verse 3 tells us that Paul is thrilled with the news that he has received about the Christians in Philippi. It's a wonderful verse. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. I mean, what a, what a wonderful thing to be able to write to somebody or to a young church. What a wonderful thing to say. I thank my God every time I remember you. I, I, you know, when I'm 85 and sitting with my slippers on in retirement in front of my log fire, I wonder if I'll think about that about St. Andrews. I don't, you know, I, I think I will. I think I will. But I think, you know, I hope I remember to say it because it's just a, it's just a wonderful thing to say. I remember you uh, in all my prayers for all of you with great joy. What is it that causes Paul to be so thankful for the church in Philippi? What, what is it that thrills him? He's lying in a Roman prison, perhaps chained to his guards. Uh, life is pretty miserable, and yet he is filled with joy because of this church. Why? Well, first of all, for their partnership in the gospel. For their partnership in the gospel. I always pray with you with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I imagine being in that meeting in Philippi when this letter was read out for the first time. What a thrill it must have been to have this said about you, uh, for the great apostle to write these things. In chapter 4, if we look forward through to chapter 4, you'll see that one of the reasons that Paul is especially thankful to them is because they are generous in their financial contribution to his ministry. They have responded very well to his appeals uh, for financial help, both for him and for the uh, needy people for whom he collected. Indeed, in some ways, the Philippian church was a sort of pioneer of Christian giving. And I want, I suppose it would be remiss not to say a huge thank you as often as we possibly can uh, to the church here for St. Andrews for the marvelous partnership expressed in financial generosity to make our, our building project uh, a possibility, well, a reality now as the work is so underway in the a, in a midst of, of, of hard times financially to raise so much money so quickly has been remarkable. And the staff, if I can speak for the staff, we work here day by day, are hugely encouraged by that. And we really believe that the new building will make a massive difference to what we can do as a church, particularly uh, with young people, but not only with young people, ministering to our congregation, to the community. So, so it would be wrong not to say that we are filled with thankfulness to the church for that. We also, of course, here partner uh, with um, those who have gone from this place to work both in the UK and overseas, and we receive moving letters from mission partners expressing their gratitude to us uh, for our partnership in the gospel. Uh, this morning, in fact, at the 11.15 service, we commissioned Tim Kempton. Tim Kempton grew up in the church here, came through Explorers, actually told us this morning at the 11.15 service that he first heard God really challenging him and calling to give his life as a missionary, uh, which he's going to do. He's going out to Nigeria to work in translation of the Bible for language groups in Nigeria that haven't got the Bible in their own language. He's even got to 
to write the language down for the first time. It's not even written down. So he's got to first of all write the language down and then translate the Bible into the language. Uh, And he first heard that call walking from explorers back to church. So how old are explorers? Sass, how old are explorers? About five. Are they five? So he was five. Are they five? Are you sure? No, they're eight. My wife thinks they're five, but they're not. (laughs) They're eight. They were five. Um, (laughs) They're they're eight. I think they're eight. And so that's where he's now. How old's Tim? Anyone? Tim's 36. I think something like 36. So it's 28 years he's been thinking through that, and now he's going in obedience. And he's very thrilled. It's very exciting. Young man, he won't come back for two years. going two years. He has to commit himself completely for two years. But he, he says he sees it as a very long-term, a lifelong project, rather like Tim Curtis is doing in, in Paraguay. So that's very exciting partnership. And in recent years, we have surprised ourselves here at St. Andrews with how successful the partnership with other churches has been in our work in Cutslow. So this week, I'm going to the Deanery Synod, uh, which is an absolute highlight of the week, of course, to the Deanery Synod, but with the rector of St. Michael's uh, Summertown, Gavin Knights. And Gavin, of course, has the the care of the people who live in the parish of which Cutslow is part. So he is the the rector or vicar of that particular parish and has become a real friend through this partnership. We partner with St. Michael's, with the United Reformed Church in Summertown, and with St. Peter's Wolvercote, so that together we can serve the people of Cutslow better. And at the Synod, we're going to explain how that partnership exists to serve the people on the estate, and we will make it work, and are making it work, despite distinct theological views, which we are prepared to respect in each other, because this is what what God requires of us to serve the people on the estate. And perhaps everyone here, some of you here who come on Sunday evenings, live in other parishes, especially rural parishes. Perhaps it's possible for you to have some sort of partnership with your, the local Christians where you live, even while you come and perhaps even belong to St. Andrews. I know many, many of you do do that anyway. Partnering in the gospel with others brings encouragement, uh, and we need that uh, partnership. And of course, one of our partnerships here at St. Andrews is with Christians in Sport, and each year we get people coming from Christians in Sport to work with us, with our young people, on what they call their academy program. And as some of you know, we've got um, Bertie Kennedy and David Clarkson working with us at the moment, and we haven't had a chance to get to know them really well, so I thought in the spirit of partnership, tonight was the opportunity to do that. The stools await you, gentlemen. Come uh, for my interviews. Now, because I'm nice to these chats, because they work for Christians in Sport, um, and I'm nice to everybody in Christians in Sport, um, I've told them what the questions are, but I might slip one or two in, just a couple of googlies. You sit, oh, what, I go in the middle? All right, I'll go in the middle. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Very good. Now, this is Bertie, and this is David. Welcome. You look very relaxed. David, you don't look quite as relaxed as Bertie. Yeah? Are you all right? Yeah, <laughs> now, don't forget where you've got to put these microphones. Two okay, okay very good. All right. Okay, great. Now then, first question. You ready? Okay. Tell us, that is really helpful, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got to be Christians and why you're here. But uh, David, you go first. Uh, well, I'm from Cambridge originally. And from where? Cambridge. Oh. 
Um, and yeah, I was brought up in a Christian family and I kind of just went to church really with my family until I was about 12, 13. And at that point I kind of looked into it a bit and then kind of decided that it was, it did make sense and that it was true. And that's probably the point I would say that I became a Christian. Couldn't pinpoint a day or a month, but around 12, 13 when it kind of started to make sense for me. Excellent. And how big a part in your life is sport played as a teenager up to now? Um, Yeah, pretty massive part. Like, played mainly football, but I kind of did most sports up until about year nine. And then mainly football, like, three, four times a week um, up until about lower sixth. But now it's only, like, twice a week. But it's a massive part of my life. Love it. Great. Bertie, tell us about yourself. So I'm from Maidenhead, just down the M40. Um, Bertie actually is from a church where Will Stileman is the vicar, that's right? Correct. People remember, who, who was here when Will was curate here? We have a few survivors. <laughs> Great, so Will's your vicar. So yes. tell us about, a little about your background. So I, again, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, went to St. Mary's kind of all my life. Um, but kind of slightly resented it because I preferred to be playing rugby on a Sunday morning than stuck in Sunday school. Um, it was only really when I went to... Uh, Sports Plus Christian in Sport run camp in the summer um, and learn about how I can use my sport as a form of worship to God that I really, uh, it really struck and it really struck me about how I can intertwine the two and how that can be a massive part of, of who I am. Excellent. Tell us, um, tell us, Bertie, a little bit about what this uh, academy year involves. What are you doing? What are you doing with Christian in Sport? So we head into the office Monday to Friday. Um, to get trained in the morning in what they call kind of uh, three areas, so pray, play, and say. Um, Praying for your non-Christian friends, playing in a way that honors God, and saying something of the good news to your friends. Um, So, so far we've looked at kind of the say aspect of of those three things before our university mission and learning how to share the gospel in a way which is kind of friendly and kind of easy to understand, but yet kind of solid, solid, uh, solid gospel. Okay. Um, and that, yeah, that's been really, really and good. And David, fun. what? Um, you, so this is what you do in the morning. And then, how does the? Pra- I mean, we know, we'll come to what you do with us here at St Andrews a little bit later. But with Christians in Sport, where do you actually put the ministry into practice? Um, well, we all play in our respective sports, kind of in the local sports clubs in the area. So, who are you playing for? I'm playing for Langford uh, well, Football Club, uh, Bicester Rugby Club. Are you? Okay, great. Yeah, and the idea is that we kind of implement what we learn in the morning in the mornings to kind of, yeah, just live it out, really, not just learn it, actually do it. And where, and, where, and do you do your, I mean, Betty mentioned university missions, what's all that about? School and university missions, what goes yeah. on there? Um, yeah, we kind of go in and help run at the schools, it's kind of like days we do RE lessons or kind of, it's like team challenge, if it's like a bunch of games, kind of, which are just good fun, really. We're kind of with a Christian kind of spin on them uh, so the aim is to play in a way which honours God and kind of we kind of do that's in the afternoon with kind of the teaching in the morning on that so that's again kind of the practical element okay. the universities is more kind of just helping the CUs in the universities around the country very good so you're doing quite a lot of stuff Bertie um, what when you were thinking about at school what you do with your gap year what were the options and what made you decide to do something with Christians in Sport? Well, ever since Sports Plus, I've absolutely loved 
the whole Christians in sport vibe. Whenever I go to camp, it kind of felt like I was going home for a week in the summer. I just, I just absolutely loved it. And so when I heard about the academy, it just seemed like the natural progression for me to go on to. Just be involved in Christian sport for six months in a gap year seemed to be just the best thing to do that I could think of. So I, uh, I applied quite early on, as, well, as early as I could. Um, so for me, it wasn't really, okay, should I take a gap year, should I not? It was kind of, I'm taking a gap year. What do I do for the first six months until Christians in Sport comes along in January? Um, so that was kind of my decision. I was really set on it and kind of worked towards trying to put myself in the best position to do it. Did, did you weigh up some other possibilities, Dave? Um, I thought about going to university this year, but then I decided I couldn't really be bothered to work anymore. <laughs> and so I kind of, I deferred my uni placement and the youth leader at my church um, who had, who had done their internship and their academy at Christians in Sport suggested it to me and it seemed like quite a good idea, so I signed up. Okay, would, so, I mean, there may be people here in Sego in particular wondering about what to do with gap years when they come up. There may even be some who are students at the moment who are thinking of taking gap year after graduating. Are you finding that doing something Christian in your gap year is proving worthwhile? I mean, it's, you're bound to say yes, really, but I mean, what is, what is, what, why is it, why is it, why, what's, what's been good about it? What's, what's, yeah, how's it going? I think um, going to the universities was really helpful early on because we saw what the atmosphere was like at university, saw what it involved, especially playing sport um, with some of the people we knew there. And it's a really good grounding before we get to the university, university life where everything is just thrown at you 100%. It's really good to get a solid grounding in what you believe, understand what you believe. And so for me, I find that really helpful in just understanding more about who Jesus is, who God is and what he has to play in my life, and implementing things now, which will help me when it comes to university, with all the pressures and challenges of university life. For me to get them grounded now in a really easy environment to do so, I think that's really, really helpful. Great. Have been a high point yet, or low point, either? Been a high point. A high point would be good. A high point would probably be better than a low point, I think. High point, um, I really loved going into the Exeter Uni. I just, I just thought the whole week was class, really. Um, that was the mission. Yeah, the, yeah, the mission we did at the start of the month. It was kind of just really good to get a taste of university life and like what it's like. Yeah, basically. What university are you going to? I'm going to York. To York, okay. For right. history. Okay, so going on the mission and sharing your faith was was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, did you see people become Christians while you were there? No, but um, hopefully we won't see it, but it will happen. Yeah. Hopefully. What's been challenging? Anything been difficult yet? I think the training in the mornings, it's been quite eye-opening. We've gone into things with real depth, which we maybe have only kind of brushed over on the surface before in kind of Sunday school or youth groups. And it's been really good just to challenge ourselves and push ourselves into the application of what it means. Um, so, and just looking at every aspect of how we live out our lives for the glory of God. It's been really quite challenging to try and put it into every aspect of our lives. Um, and just some of the, the doctrines we've covered have been, been quite challenging. Um, trying to get heads around, but it's also—it's just really good that we can go home to the house and just just chat amongst it. We've got—we live in a house of five boys, and we can just throw the ideas out around dinner and chat through it. It's just been really helpful. How's the domestic life going in the house <laughs> with five boys? Is that the, is that a challenge? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah the the dishes don't tend to get done unless we've run out of stuff. So. That, we ought to, we ought to right. add at this point that, um, that we're not only importing from Christians in Sport, we are uh, exporting to the Academy of Christians in Sport because the only girl 
this year on the Academy, who's not living in this horrendous household of five blokes... <laughs> it's not that bad. ...is Tilly Johnson, who's going to wave her hand in the air. And Tilly, of course, has come through our system here. And Tilly is attached to Long Crendon uh, Baptist Church, uh, where she's there. But she loves St Andrews so much, she's usually back here every evening, and we love seeing you, Tilly, as well. But what it must be like living, having to work with these five guys the whole time, I really don't know. It must be a, a very big challenge, but um, maybe we'll interview you on another occasion. Um, last, last question to you both. Um, what, what, you come, you're, you, you're attached to us. Uh, all the Academy students are attached to a local church. You're attached to St. Andrews. We're absolutely thrilled to have you. What are you doing here at St. Andrews? Dave, you go first. Um, we're, I think, twice a month. We're, doing, we're helping to do Pathfinders in the morning, just supporting there. And then every Sunday evening, we're doing the Sago group for 14s to 18s. Are you finding that helpful? You getting to know the guys and yeah. finding it useful? It's been really good. Going to Costa Sunday evening, get a free drink, as well as as well as get to know everyone. Obviously, um, it's yeah, it's been really helpful just to uh, kind of meet some new people, and it's been good just to chat chat through uh, chat through things with guys who kind of might be going through some of the things that we went through uh, only a year ago, a couple of years ago. And some so. of them, of course, have been on Sports Plus. So, Indeed. did you know one or two of them already? Uh, I knew, I knew of some of the people. Yeah. I don't think I've met them face-to-face, but it's always good to hear people who do Sports Plus. Well, it's great having you both here. Thank you for your help with us. How long are you with us? Till July. Till July. Okay, and that when you go off to Sports Plus and you do the camps? Yeah, so we, that's kind of the end of our training is yeah. the last weekend in June, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Great. And, Bertie, then. where are you off to university after this? Uh, unknown as of yet. Okay. Waiting on offers from uh, Bath or Exeter, hopefully. Okay. Okay. And you hope to play rugby when you're there? And you'll be having to play football when you're there? Yeah. And then you'll still be involved then in Christians in Sport groups, hopefully, with having yeah. done the year, you'll be in, able to contribute to them when you get there. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are hidden depths in David that we haven't quite dredged out. <laughs> but uh, thank you both very much indeed. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> It is, um, it is really good having them both here. They are a real help to our, our youth work here. And uh, the Academy students from Christians is what have been a help for a few years. We, it's great having these two lads with us. And Tilly, we're delighted it's going so well for you at Longcrane. But we love having you here on Sunday night. Two other thoughts just on cooperation and partnership from Philippians 1 um, quite quickly. Um, as I said, Paul is thrilled at the progress of the church in Philippi. And there are now um, Christians who are maturing in their discipleship. And he, my second heading really is that he is thrilled because of their, not just their partnership, but with their participation. They have kind of got into the Christian faith, rather in a way in which Bertie and David testified just to just now. As, they, as they've learnt more, they are participating more in God's grace, beginning to depend, to depend on God's grace more and more. For Paul, God's grace was visibly at work in the development of the church as he partnered with them. You see, there is a, there is a sense in which God relies on our efforts. Uh, we need to work with others in partnership as we do with Christians in sport. We need to keep focused. We need to inform our faith and to grow in love. In giving ourselves to gospel work, we gain hugely. But Paul is thankful for the Philippians not principally here for their efforts, 
Great though those must have been for the church to have got to this point. You can tell from the opening verses that there were overseers and deacons there. There was a a measure of maturity and development even in this very young church. But he, he, so he sees uh, signs of God's blessings on the church. But what he is effectively saying when he talks about their um, participation in God's grace is that he says, I see that God is with you. I see God at work in your fellowship. And I think that is a really crucial lesson for the evangelical church in this country, not least within the Anglican church. We, we could easily and perhaps do sometimes puff ourselves up because we are a relatively large church and we belong to quite a successful movement within the Anglican church at the moment. Uh, here, specifically, we might be pleased with ourselves because we've raised two million quid and are building a nice building, that we've got children's work and youth work that is, which is flourishing, uh, and that's good. But what we should marvel at, Paul is almost saying here to the Philippians, is that despite our sin and weakness, despite the divisions and petty concerns, which he's going to talk about a little bit later in this letter to Philippi, despite the fact that our partnerships are sometimes tense and difficult, uh, God is amongst us. He is visibly with us. And having God with us is a great encouragement. And for Paul, having preached the gospel to the Philippians, to see that God by His Spirit was continuing to work in their hearts and in their lives was very encouraging for him. We, we often mess things up. We make a mess of our relationships. As I said at the beginning, the most stressful thing in any work is when relationships go wrong. And yet God's grace is with us despite our human weakness. And without God's grace, this church in Philippi and indeed St. Andrews would sink like the Titanic. So we are grateful for God's grace and our participation in it. Without God's grace, we would be sunk. And thirdly, he thanks God in verse 6 and then in verses 9 to 11, uh, he thanks them for the promise of maturity The God who has begun a great work in you is not going to quit on you, he says. Of course, we may have struggles. I know many of us at times find it hard to keep going as Christians. Of course, we do. And there may be moments when we quit on God. You may be feeling like that now. But Paul says that God will not quit on us. He won't quit on us. And countless millions of Christians over 2,000 years will testify to that being true. Be encouraged. The Bible teaches us that God will not give up on those who receive His grace. As the Old Testament puts it, His word will not return void. And in verses uh, 9 to 11, Paul kinds of loses, loses himself with enthusiasm for what God is going to do in the lives of these young believers. Let me just read it again. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. No pressure. I mean, he has great expectation for them that God is going to do something truly wonderful in their lives. When I saw that I was preaching on this passage, I looked up uh, to see if I, when and what I preached on 
uh, when I preached on it last, and I discovered that I preached on this passage here in St. Andrews seven years ago. I've actually used the same headings as I did then. Experience has some advantages. But uh, in that sermon uh, seven years ago, I mentioned two of our... I looked it up in my notes. I, I mentioned two of our young people who, like Bertie and David, were heading off on gap year projects. Uh, both of them did a Christian thing on their gap years, involved with a Christian agency, not for as long as David and Bertie are doing, but for a, a, a month or two, or a bit longer than that in one of their cases. And when they got to university, both of them struggled to keep going as Christians. I saw them both recently, well, at Christmas time. They were back here in St. Andrews at Christmas time. They're both totally lovely people. If I mentioned their names, many of you here would, would know them, but I'm not going to do that. Currently, they're not particularly happy. They're not in a particularly good place with God. And actually, I would say, talking to them briefly, as I did at Christmas, that they were missing out on the joy of the Lord, which had been so much of a part of their lives when they were coming through Sago and in their gap year. But I absolutely do not believe that God has abandoned them. Those of you in Sago now, sitting here, um, all of us, don't abandon your faith. Don't abandon your church going. Don't abandon your Bible reading and your prayer. For if you do, you will lose the joy of the Lord. You will lose the joy of the Lord. But you will, and this is certainly true for those of you who will go off to university or into work or wherever it might be in due course, you, you must, I think, question your faith. You must explore life. And you will be faced by challenges to your faith. I mean, I think that one of the things that came out of that little interview with Bertie and David was that they are really enjoying being equipped in this gap year, to cope with some of the challenges that they will face when they get to university. There will be challenges to, to what we believe and why we believe it, and we need to face those challenges head on and ask ourselves questions about our faith. And we may see friends fall away from God. You may, you may yourself feel like my two people that I spoke to at Christmas. You may feel like turning your back on God. But what I think Paul is saying to the church in Philippi here is that God will never turn his back on you. God will never turn his back on you. I urge you not to go away from him. Please don't go away from him because people in youth groups sometimes do. Don't, don't go away from him. But if you do, if you do, and please remember this in the years to come if this happens to you, he will always be there to have you back. He will always be there to have you back. Paul heard about and actually had seen that God was at work in the lives of the Christians in, in Philippi. Though he was, as I said, in the direst of plights in prison, he was filled with joy as he dictated or wrote this letter. He knew only too well that the road that they had set out upon was likely to be at times a rough and lonely road. It was not going to be easy for anyone to be a Christian in the first century. It's not going to be easy for anyone to be a Christian in the 21st century. And Paul, perhaps more than any of us, knew how costly Christian discipleship could be. But he knew it was by far the best way. He must have been tempted to turn his back on God, but he never did, even in the midst of great suffering. 
He knew he could trust God to be with him, and he knew he could trust God to be with this little church that had started in Philippi. And he knew that they would experience the, the same inexpressible joy that he experienced in prison if they would keep knowing and serving God as they were. I want to close just by asking you just to look ahead to chapter 2 and verses 12 and 13. Just in chapter 2, just on the next page. Let me just read this to you. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. These are wonderful, wonderful verses. You might want to think about them later before you uh, go to bed tonight. Read them again. This sermon is about partnership, about how we need to work together to grow God's kingdom. And though often we may feel alone in the Christian life, we are in fact never alone. God's people, God's grace, God's promise to bring us to maturity are always there, my three points. But at the end of the day, here you see it in black and white in verse 12, at the end of the day, we also do have individual responsibility. If we fall away from God or grow cold in our love for Jesus, it's no good blaming someone else. It's no good saying, well, our leaders at church weren't any good or uh, Sago went through a difficult time, or our church uh, wasn't up to much, or our parents let us down, or our circumstances are wet. Of course, all these things may play a part, but ultimately it says here, and it's true, that each of us must work out the implications, must work out our own salvation in fear and trembling. Each of us, in our own way before God, must take responsibility to work out the implications of our salvation, to work out what it means to be a Christian. That's what Bertie and David have done by going on this gap here. That's what they've said. We're going to partner with Christians in sport and through Christians in sport with St. Andrews, and we're going to work out what it means for us to be Christians. They're just starting out, of course, on the Christian road of ministry, but you can see that that's exciting for them. They've made an excellent decision to do that. They've taken responsibility and we need to take responsibility to work out the implications of our salvation. Work out what it means for us to be Christians, because we all have a race to run. But at the same time, at the same time as we take responsibility, it is God who is at work in us to will and act according to his good purpose. So though we talk about partnership with one another, the great partnership, of course, is the believer's partnership with God. We have responsibility to work out our salvation, but God takes responsibility, if you like, keeps his promise to work in us for his good purpose. That's a thrilling partnership to be involved in, and that is what Paul is really thrilled about for the Christians in Philippi. You have begun this little church to partner with one another, to partner with me, he says, but above all, your partners with God in the greatest, greatest plan, the plan of salvation for the whole world. That is really exciting. Let's pray.
So we do thank you, Father, that you have called us into partnership with one another to be an encouragement and strength to one another, uh, to be participating in your grace, to be enjoying your love and relationship with you, to be claiming your promises, to believe that you will work in us to make us more like Jesus. But we thank you also that, that we are in partnership as your people with you for the growth of your kingdom, for the coming of your kingdom. You have called each one of us as Christians to be involved in this master plan of salvation. And we are thrilled that you have entrusted us and brought us into that. Thank you, Lord. May we be found faithful, not just today, not just tomorrow, but always faithful in partnering with you. And may your kingdom come. Amen.